Welcome to Word Matters, presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Word Matters is a podcast dedicated to helping Christians understand some of the most confusing and controversial passages of the Bible. And now, join the conversation with your hosts, Trevin Wax and Brandon Smith. Why does Jesus say to hate your father and mother? That is the question that we will answer on this episode of Word Matters. I am Brandon Smith, the brand manager for the HCSB, joined with uh, the, my co-host with the most, Trevin Wax, the managing editor of the Gospel Project. He told me never to say that again, but I hate you. Here it is. And we're talking about hate today. So uh, Trevin, we're all haters. Yeah, Trevin is the resident hater here, so he's going to have some really good insights. Uh, so today we are looking at one of Jesus's more uh, perplexing statements, kind of the idea that uh, a faithful father of Christ should hate their father and mother. If you want to follow me, hate your father and mother. So, so you've got two variations of the statement in the Gospels. You know, one one could be considered a little softer than the other, but both are are pretty straightforward. Right. And what makes this a, a difficult text is, um, I mean, if we think this is shocking, it would have been even more shocking for uh, first century Jews, because the priority placed on family during this time period is uh, extraordinary. And I mean, God, family, above everything else, uh, the Old Testament says, honor your father and mother. So, I mean, it's one of the Ten Commandments. So right. when Jesus says this, I mean, this is really striking at the heart of what a lot of a lot of people would think. Yeah, and the New Testament obviously talks about it, too, talking about taking care of your families. And, you know, the apostles even lay out kind of a structure and responsibility for households. You have Paul telling Timothy, hey, if you're, um, you're going to be um, an elder, you need to be able to take care of your household, first of all. Not just, hey, keep your kids in line, but love your family, right? Um, and then even Jesus on the cross, is, you know, he— he makes sure that his mother is taken care of even when he's dying. So um, there's no mistaking at all that in this culture and in the gospel uh, that family matters. Yep. So we find this statement in two two passages, Matthew 10, 37 and Luke 14, 26. Uh, I'm going to read all. I'm going to go ahead and read the Luke version. Luke 14, 26 says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. And Brandon, do you want to read the Matthew version, Matthew ten thirty seven? Yeah, so Matthew ten thirty seven uh is similar and it says, uh, the person who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Uh, the person who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, etc. All right. So uh, this is a statement that seems problematic when you put it in the context of the rest of the Bible? You know, how does it fit with um, not just the teaching of the Bible, even the teaching of, teaching of Jesus? Right. Uh, Jesus, you, you might remember the the scene where he excoriates the Pharisees because they he says that they were robbing their parents of their inheritance by, by saying that whatever would have come to them has to be set aside for the Lord. I mean, he just goes mm-hmm. after them for that. So we know that Jesus thought family was important, that he thought concern for family was important. Yeah. We, we, you know, we mentioned um, the Old Testament. You think about how he summed up the law and prophets. Well, what is the sum of the law and prophets? It's uh, loving God and loving your neighbor. And so you can't really get closer neighbor uh, than the person who sleeps in the bed next to you or, or down the hall from you, your family members, right? That's right. So get, go ahead and let us know what, the, what are some of the options. What are some of the ways people have interpreted this? Yeah. Uh, so first view. Uh, would be that Jesus is just being hyperbolic. So his main point, uh, obviously, is that family ties should be second to him. Uh, so being part of the family of God, being the family of followers of Christ, is more important than any other family tie uh, that you might have. And so he just wants them to know, uh, obviously, how important it is for him to be number one. If you, you know, if you think family is important, I'm even more important than that. 
Yeah. And just uh, when you say hyperbolic, mm-hmm. let's let's clarify for listeners, that does not mean that Jesus is lying. Right. You know, that he's being deceptive or saying something untrue. Different kind of hyperbole, different kinds of exaggeration are within the realm of normal speech. Um, I mean, obviously, if you if you exaggerate your accomplishments on a resume, well, that is lying. Okay, <laughs> if you're telling untruths, but if you if you tell your kid, you know, hey, I've told you a million times to stop hitting your brother or whatever, mm-hmm. that that is that's not hyperbolic. That just simply means I've I've told you a lot. So when we say Jesus being hyperbolic here, just to clarify, we're not saying for this interpretation is not saying Jesus is being untrue. Yeah, and you're not going to find any, you know, reputable scholars who are going to say that either. Um or really anywhere else in the Bible, you're not going to find that. I mean, you're going to find the exact opposite of Jesus being a liar. So, that's right. we can go ahead and take that away. That's right. Okay. Second viewpoint um is that uh the softer version that we read in Matthew um is giving us the real intention of what Jesus wanted to say that sounds so, so forceful in Luke. Um, and if you recall, when we read those two passages just a, a couple minutes ago, Luke is like, you got to hate your father and mother, brothers and sisters and all these things. Mm-hmm. And Matthew is more, well, whoever, you know, um, loves these members of the family more than me is unworthy of me, what, whatnot. So the, the second viewpoint is that the softer version unpacks the meaning of the harsher version. And hate just means you've got to love less. It's, it's a, it's a more striking way of saying, you know, you got to love Jesus more than your family. Right. And you see that, you know, throughout the Bible. I mean, there's precedent for this. It's not like Jesus is just kind of, you know, going out and saying this real harshly. And then we don't need to be trying to find a, a way to get out of his harsh saying. Uh, it's just to say, you know, Daryl Box says it that way, that, that saying hate, it just simply means to love less. We see that in, you know, Genesis 29, with the story of Jacob and, and much, lots of places where love and hate is a juxtaposition, but not. It doesn't mean Jacob actually hated, like loved one wife and hated the right. other wife. Like, you know, he wanted her dead kind of a thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's just a matter of, of explanation mm-hmm. there. Okay. Um, I I actually think that both of these complement that these interpretations complement each other. Mm. I I don't think they have to be contradictory, and I and they they because they wind up at the same point where Jesus is saying we've got to he's got to come first in our life. I I just I wouldn't want to choose between the two of them. Yeah. So I think he is using hyperbolic language. He's trying to shock his listeners. And but he was doing that for a reason. He wants you to realize just how serious he is about the fact you've got to love him more than you love your family. members. Yeah, I think I mean, it may sound obvious, but of course, Jesus isn't saying that you need to hate somebody else, that you need to hate your father and mother. Uh, but, you know, the reason why we do this podcast, I mean, there's so many people who come across texts of scripture and they're like, man, I, I know it's not telling me to hate my dad, but I don't know what to do with it. Uh, but I think a good rule of thumb that, that we always want to point out is that um, if you've got a verse that seems odd or it seems hyperbolic, you're not sure what to do with it, just remember that Scripture doesn't contradict itself. So when Jesus says, love your neighbor, um, and it has this ethic of loving people, loving the stranger, loving the outsider, uh, he's not contradicting himself by saying, by the way, love all of these people, but hate your dad, hate your mom. Uh, it doesn't seem to fit with what he's saying. So sometimes you just have to do the extra work, maybe reading a commentary or listening to a fine podcast like Word Matters. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let, let's talk about how we would preach or teach this this text now um, as we kind of shift gears here. I When I preach this, I just I make sure I don't preach it as one verse. I want to put it in the context of Jesus. You know, Jesus in Luke, the harsher version, he actually even says you got to hate yourself. 
Mm-hmm. So he's talking about denying yourself, yeah. taking up your cross, considering the cost of discipleship. So the point of the text is not that Jesus just suddenly like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna hammer on the family here. No, he, <laughs> he wants to see he wants you to see just how costly discipleship is supposed to be. Yeah. Again, he follows right up with take up your deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That's that's it. I mean, that's the most extreme he can be. Um, I think it's also good if you're preaching and teaching this to kind of lift up modern day examples. So maybe that's uh, people overseas who have to renounce their families in some way. Um, or who, most of the time whose families renounce them. Or, yeah, or you know, they're renounced they by their families. Them. And it's kind of like, you know, if you have a father who says it's me or Jesus, I mean, you pick. Jesus, right? So modern day examples of that. I mean, I, I can say that in my own family, I have that where there's family members in my family who basically I'm not welcome to be at their house. I'm not welcome to call them, not welcome to talk to them because they say, if, if you're a Christian, X, Y, Z, this is what it is about you and you can't be here. And I'm not going to denounce Christ so that I can go over for Thanksgiving. Christ is always going to be number one uh, in my life. So I think it'd be good to lift up you know, examples like that when you're talking to people to show them, okay, here's what it means. You know, here's what hate means in relation to what Jesus is saying. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a, the, these contemporary examples of people who have actually had to deny themselves and their families yeah. in order to follow Jesus is a great way of showing um, that Jesus is first, mm-hmm. you know, giving examples, I think really goes a long way here. And when I, when I preach or teach this, I want people, I, especially in a family values kind of culture that we live in, in our Christian circles, you know, safe for the whole family, (laughs) our our Christian radio. And so I want people to feel the shock of this. So uh, use those examples, let people feel the hyperbolic Jesus used hyperbole for a reason, not just so you as a preacher could explain it away. Mm -hmm. If he used the, the hyperbole to get the point across and to shock you, then you know, don't don't make your sermon boring by or your Sunday school session or whatever it is. Don't make it boring by toning it down. Yeah. Let, if, you're, if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Let sure. it let it let it surprise people. Yeah. It's it's kind of again, we say it. We say it a lot on here, but it's just the idea of, hey, Jesus is being hyperbolic and extreme. He doesn't need you to calm him down. He doesn't need you to soften him up. If he was going to be softer, he would have done it himself. That's right. And last last thing I would just say before we wrap this up. um, Sometimes when we talk about self-denial, it's so easy for us to talk about denying your family, denying yourself, all these things you have to deny to follow Jesus as if that's the point. The Mm -hmm. point is never just self-denial. The point is always you deny your family, deny yourself because you're receiving something in return. I mean, in Luke 18, Jesus talks about the disciple who gives up everything, you know, including family, talks about that, receiving countless more family members in return. Right to the to the Church of Jesus Christ. Right. So, so it's not simply. I mean, and when you deny yourself, you get Christ. Right. Yeah. So I, I I would also say you can't let the the note of self denial be the only thing right. that you're kind of. I wouldn't want people to hear us talking about letting the hyperbole really sink in, and then they go out and they preach or teach or you know lead a Bible study or something, and all their the the only note they're pounding is the you know self denial note. The whole point of self denial is so what is that you receive so much in return. It's yeah. what you, it's the joy you, you receive. Through yeah. It. And, it's, and it's also, I think even to add on to that more, not to disagree at all, but to add on the, the idea of, you know, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow. It's not just a self-denial. It's not self-deprecation. It's get up and go follow Christ all the way to the cross. He's not right. telling you to just stand there, follow him. And he says, you know, if you lose your life, you will find it. So it's not denial for its own sake. Obviously it's denial to receive everything that comes with Christ, which is infinitely better than whatever you have without him. So, uh, well, Trevin, thanks for jumping on. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. 
Word Matters is presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible, a translation that is faithful to the original languages but clear for today's readers. Find out more at hcsb.org.